you see, the praise that you're hearing, the things you're experiencing, we can point to all of them in the Word of God. We can point to all of them in the Scripture. The Word teaches us to lift up holy hands without wrath or doubting. The Scripture teaches us to clap our hands unto the Lord. The Scripture teaches us these things. Amen? One place in Scripture we find King David, he was ushering, he just in my mind this, King David's ushering in the Ark of the Covenant. He's bringing it back into Jerusalem. And every seven steps, somebody had done some study one time on how far it was. I can't remember all the details. It makes me want to go back and look. But every seven steps, he would stop, offer a sacrifice, and worship the Lord. Six steps. The seventh step, he'd stop, offer a sacrifice, and worship the Lord. I don't know how long it took him to get back to Jerusalem that way, but that's not a fast-moving pace. But by the time he got to Jerusalem, the Scripture says that the king was girded in nothing more than a linen ephod, and he danced before the Lord with all of his might. Now, his wife, she was a little cynical is probably the word. She, she wasn't down participating. She was up in her room looking out a window spectating. And in her spectating, when she finally got with the king, her husband, she said, didn't the king make a fool of himself today? See, she just had the wrong perspective. He wasn't dancing for her. And he wasn't dancing for the people. He was dancing before the Lord with all of his might. It's an interesting thing about that. Her name was Michael. It says that she had no children. Now, I've heard people say that the Lord struck her with barrenness because of that. I can't find that in Scripture that the Lord ever did that. That's some people's interpretation. I believe that David never went into her again as his wife, and therefore she never had children. There's something that happens when you and I worship God. Hear me this morning, young person, middle-aged person, elderly person, somewhere in between all that. Don't ever be ashamed to worship him. Don't ever be ashamed to lift your voice, lift your hand, magnify God. He is worthy. He is worthy. I promise you when you're going through battles and you're going through trials and you're going through things in your life, the first thing that the enemy will try to get you to do is stop praising God. He will. He'll try to get you to stop worshiping, say, you know, you don't have the right to praise right now. Look at this. Or you shouldn't be praising. Look at all you're dealing with. The enemy wants to steal praise because he knows there's power in praise. The power you feel today is the power of the Spirit of God, and it's because He inhabits the praises of His people. Praise God. Praise God. You can be seated this morning after you shake someone's hand. Ha! Praise God. I should have caught that on video. Some people were like, Amen. I think we dismissed the kids already, didn't we? I'm looking. I don't see them, so I think we did. Amen. Amen. Why don't we pray?
pray again right now. Could we do that? The Lord is here. And I believe we're here with hunger and desire to hear from him. He's talking to us already, has been from the beginning. Would you continue to agree in one spirit? Lord, we worship you this morning. We open our heart, soul, mind, and spirit unto you, Father. You know what is needful and necessary in our lives even now. We trust you. We know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. So today we open our spirit and pray, let your word come. Let your word speak. I pray the utterance of your voice today, Father, continuing, continuing utterance of your voice, Father, for what you intend to do in, with, and through each one of us, individually and collectively, in the name and by the authority of the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'm going to turn this to Brother Joel in a minute, and then he's probably going to turn it to Brother Flowers thereafter. Uh, How many of you were here a few weeks ago when um, we talked about an exchange? Remember that Isaiah 50, 61 and Luke? We talked about trading beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit. Remember that? And the Lord ministered to us in a great way. His spirit came, began to talk to many of us as we began to pray. There's some pieces of that that are still there. We, we can read Isaiah 61 and read about what the anointing of the Lord does. And, and it does those things. But there is still more that he would exchange. My, my spirit has been in Corinthians 5 and 21. I believe it's 1 Corinthians. If it's not there, then it's 2 Corinthians. Uh, 5 and 21. The scripture says that he who knew no sin became sin for us. There we go. Thank you. It's 2 Corinthians 5, 21. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. Not us, him. He didn't know sin. But he was made to be sin for you and I. So that you and I would be made the righteousness of God in him. You want to talk about an exchange. David said, and it's true of all of us, I was born in sin and shapen in iniquity. In sin did my mother conceive me. The scripture tells us in Romans, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. How can I exchange my sin? I can't except he made a way. And his word shows us that he did. He became sin for us. You want to talk. I mean, beauty for ashes is a beautiful thing. Oil of joy for mourning is a beautiful thing. But if he doesn't take my sin and give me his righteousness, I'm as lost as lost can be. And so he said, I'll take your sin. I'll give you my righteousness. I can't understand that exchange, Renee. But he's willing to do so, your sin, my righteousness. And I can walk and you can walk in the righteousness of God. You understand, righteousness is in right standing and right relationship with God. 
You and I in our own efforts and our own abilities could never stand in right relationship with God. Read the Old Testament. That's what they spent their lives trying to do. Trying to live the law. Do enough. Say enough. Give enough. Act enough. Enough sacrifices. The right order. The right way. So that they could be in right standing with God. And the realization was, and what we see in the Old Testament, is no matter how much they did, they were still not righteous. And so the Lord said, I know what I'll do. I'll come and I'll take their sin. And the only way they can truly be righteous is if I give them my righteousness. And so he did that. He made an exchange and took our sin, gave us his righteousness. And our sin, there was a price for it, right? There's a price for sin. The scripture tells us in Romans, I think, 6.23, the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so he took our sin, gave us righteousness. He had to die for sin because sin has a price. And so he died on Calvary. The exchange was his death for my life. He died so you could live. That's a pretty huge exchange. I deserve to die. He did not. I deserve death. He did not. But he exchanged and said, if you'll give me your sin, I'll give you my righteousness. And I'll die for your sin and you can live. And many of us have made it that far in relationship with God. But there is one final exchange that he's asking that requires mine and your involvement as well. And he said, now what I'd like is I want to know if you're willing to die so I can live. That's the ultimate exchange. He died. We live. That's not the end of the exchange. The end is now I understand. Now let me die, Lord, so you live again. The Apostle Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life I now live... It's where the Lord is wanting us to go. It's what he's wanting of you and I. He's wanting to live through you and I. You want to talk about a privilege. I heard Sister Sandra got the Holy Ghost at ladies conference. Is that true? Praise God. That's a beautiful thing. God baptized her with the gift of the Holy Ghost, his indwelling spirit. And so now what does he say? I've given you my spirit. So now I'm asking you to die so I can live. The Holy Ghost comes so that he can live through us. It's a gift. But there's an exchange. I want to die so he can live. Don't you? He wants to manifest himself through your life every day. Day. Every day. Would you reach to him again with me right now?
In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, it's Calvary that makes all of this possible. It's the work of the cross and an empty tomb that makes all of this possible. So that the Spirit of God can be manifest through your life and through mine. Every day that we live, everywhere that we go, every person we interact with, he can, when he's ready, manifest himself through you and I. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. We trust you today, Father. Amen. I, uh, you know, we talked last week about transforming of our mind and how we must have the, we, we need the mind of Christ, right? Because in our humanity, we, we, we just don't think right. We, we, uh, we have these tendencies in our flesh to, to, to get drawn into negativity and all these different things. And, and so we see, we, we, we looked at the verse in, um, Romans, Romans chapter 12, talking about presenting our bodies a living sacrifice so that in that process, our minds would be renewed. And, uh, and, and then when um, Elder talked about it, he, he brought out the, the meaning in, in the Greek there of that, that renewal process. If you were to put it in modern day terms, it would be like a, uh, a renovation. Of, and talked about Carlos a little bit in the renovation process that that he does on different buildings, you know, and, 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 and we realize that renovation, it, maybe you've never, you know, you've maybe never done a renovation yourself or, or seen one, but I think most of us have a basic elementary understanding of a renovation. It's a process that, that takes time that uh, doesn't just happen overnight, right? And we know that thankfully with the Lord there and his power that there, he has the ability to deliver us of things in an instant. Today, I, there, his spirit is here. That I believe there's angels in this place that are ministering, and and I believe that, that deliverance can happen in an instant, and and it will. Uh, but then we have to realize, okay, but now there's some things I got to begin to work on because it's a process of once I'm delivered, staying delivered, and then going from glory to glory, and and increasing in in knowledge, understanding, and wisdom of Him, and. And just growing in the Lord until, until that day that we're brought to, to be with Him and made to be like Him. But during this time on, on earth, we, we're, we're never going to quite get there all the way, right? We're not going to be just angelic beings that, that are walking around with halos, right? We, but we hope, we strive still. We, that, that's, still that's no excuse, though, ever to stop striving and reaching for, for greater things in, in God and because he always has those things for us, and so um, it's kind of funny. I, you know, I, this is one of those things that, as as I talked about last week, that, that that I know the Lord's been dealing with me about. And so when when you're asked to speak, it, kind of the one of the biggest questions is, at least for me, and I'm thankful for. It's not necessarily okay. Have I heard from God? But it's have I heard from God, and is this that I've heard from God, is it for everyone, or is it, you know, just something I should keep, and should I just say hi and sit down? And so that's, that's always kind of a, a challenge that you have to just run through your, your spirit and wait on Him. Um, but I believe that today, and I'm not going to, I just, 
have few few scriptures and few things to say, but um, I, I, it's just kind of amazing to me how it's like a continuation of, you know, we start, and, and it's a daily thing like we talked about, a daily renewing of our mind every morning in prayer, just getting in the spirit, letting him renew our mind. But then there's there's more to that, and uh, and something I want to talk about today. Uh, if you want to turn to, I think of where to start here, turn to, Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12, you have it there, and everything, we're talking about the exchange, everything, it starts with, with that exchange, with, with deciding, okay, I'm done with, I'm done with this area in my life that's caused me to continually live in sin and and I'm going to give it to God and I'm going to yield to his process that follows that and that's that's where everything in God essentially starts um and and it's important that that we always keep inside and keep in mind the cross that we remember the the thing he did for us on Calvary giving his life and the stripes that he took and all these things that he went through and endured to make these things possible, this renewal, this this transforming of us possible, and and this this really connects with faith as well. If you were to look at the previous chapter, Hebrews eleven, it's it's known as the faith chapter. It talks all about faith, and it, the beginning of that chapter actually starts with the verse that says, "Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen." Where we where we started today, and then it goes on talking about all these people that lived by faith. They did these things by faith. You know, they, they didn't see the promise. They didn't see what exactly was going to come next, but they had a word from God. And so in that, their faith, they took that, took the next step and continued the process that they needed to do. And so we pick up in, in Hebrews chapter 12, and this is referencing all the different people throughout history, throughout time that, that Hebrews 11 talked about. And Hebrews 12 and 1, and it says, Wherefore... Seeing also we are, seeing also, sorry, wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. It's all those people that went before that walked by faith. Says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And then verse 2, so again, that's, that's an exchange right there. We have to lay aside some weights. We have to lay aside the sin and say, okay, I'm going to run this race with patience because I know it's a process. And then verse 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So today, I, just for a few minutes, and I'm going to pass, pass it off, but I want to talk about, talk about our eyes. You know, we, we, can, we can understand the renewing of our mind, and, and we can get in the Spirit, and our mind be renewed day by day, and, and it's needed, it's necessary. We have to do that so that we think the right things. We have to be in the Word of God so that we know how we ought to think and have His Spirit working in us. But something that the Lord began dealing with me about, and and I don't know if you've noticed or, or really recognized, but um, 
for me personally, I try to, I listen to different ministry, whether it's in Puyallup or, or Kent, or um, I listen to a few messages from NAYC that Brother Rosario and his wife, they attended. And um, and it's, if if you're listening with your spirit, it's it's really clear the voice of the spirit right now to the church is a call to consecration. He's he's calling his people, he's calling his church out of the world, saying, look, you've, you've made this exchange, you've done these things, you said you're different from the world, but now it's time to really act like it. You know, we can we can have a spirit, we can have the truth, we can we can walk with a you know chip on our shoulders sometimes if, if we're not careful. We have nice suits for some people, you dress clothes and it's it's wonderful, it's great. Uh, it's all it's all part of it. But if we're not careful, we can we can walk the walk and talk the talk and in our private life or in in this in secret, not be living how we should be living. We can be conformed to the world like we talked last week. We can be conformed to the world and and then just put on a front, put on a mask, essentially, when we come into the church. And and that's uh, of course, that's not the will of God. It's not his desire. And so where that starts is, is with the renewing of our mind, knowing that, okay, you know, some of these things that throughout time, throughout history, they maybe become acceptable. They may be, you know, maybe it's acceptable to have Netflix and watch Netflix for hours, you know, and it, again, maybe it's not wrong, but because of the world and the things that have just become acceptable, maybe it's acceptable, right? For even though we're the church, and we're supposed to be set apart, have a mind of Christ, and have our eyes be set on Him. There's so many things that, and this is where it started for me with the renewing of my mind, is realizing that, man, the way that we think is just, is what's totally wrong. Because we think that, well, this thing is okay because, you know, I mean, the fence was here, but now a hundred years later, now it's out in left field. And you look at history and stuff, and of course there's things that throughout history that always repeat themselves, you know. They didn't have the internet and TV back in the, you know, dark ages and all that stuff. But, but you, look at, you look at Roman times, you look at all these different empires, and they had some terrible stuff going on. You know, they, they, had, they had temple prostitution. I mean, there was people that were saying they were Christians literally on the front steps of the church just having prostitution and so we can think like wow okay we're not we're not there yet you know we're not we're not like the corinthians who were just in the greek i i learned this last year that in the greek they literally literally had a word i think it was like corinthianomai or something like that i've probably butchered it but a word in the greek to describe the hebrews because of how heathenous the hebrews were or sorry the corinthians and so when Paul writes to the Corinthians, he says all these things. He's like, you may be, you know, greatest in the spiritual gifts and all these things and think you, that you're doing well, but there's some things that we got to deal with because you're not, you're not thinking right. You, you came out, you, you, were just, you were just heathens, and so there's some things that we got to deal with, right? And so I'm so thankful that we have the Word of God and we have these other terrible people who, <laughs> who I can look at and be like, man, you know, thankfully, hopefully, by the grace of God, I haven't gotten to that point in, in some different areas. But because these people were in those areas and it was necessary for the Lord to write to them and inspire his writers to write to them, now I have this, this understanding of, okay, now this is what I need to do to get things right. And so um, I, was reading, I was reading last night in, in the book of Job, and uh, it's, 
it's a verse that I it's been familiar to me for for a while, and I've 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 prayed this verse quite a bit, and um, and it's interesting because as soon as I read this last night, I was brought back to really the beginning of my summer, and uh, coming coming out of last semester of school, I one of my prayers was, Lord, I know I need I need to die. It's kind of interesting how it's come around full circle and here at the end of my summer because um, it's still I st- still need to die still still something at daily I got to decide okay I I need to die and um, but this this scripture came into my mind uh, it's, it was like first week that I was home and just as the Lord was dealing with me in these different ways that I need to die and these things you know with my mind and my eyes and and the scripture that came to my mind, and I read it last night, is in Job 31. Uh, and this is a different translation, but it, it reads like this. It says, says, I made a covenant with my eyes. And so because, because he made a covenant with my eyes, he says, how then could I entertain thoughts against a virgin? Uh, another version says, I think, like, how could I think about or think on a virgin? You know, how could I even consider committing adultery with, with this individual if I don't even look on it with my eyes? How's it going to enter my thoughts if it, doesn't, if it doesn't ever come across my eyes? And, uh, and what the Lord just started dealing with me about, I had just read, I had just read uh, Matthew chapter 6. And in that, in that passage, it talks about, um, actually, we can just turn there. Quickly, Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is challenging, he's, again, he's challenging the way of thinking of these different individuals, and he talks about prayer, and he talks about all these different things. I'm not sure what verse it is here, to be honest, so I might just have to quote it from what I remember, but he, he's, he's talking about, uh, I think it's in this chapter, he says, if, if your eye is, if your eye is evil, or your eye is, what, verse 22 and 23, everyone see it there? So he says, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, the whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. And if therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? And so we, we know and understand that as the body of Christ, as the people of God who have his spirit, who desire to walk in his ways, that it's our responsibility to manifest his, the light, right? The glory of God in the earth for, for the darkness. See, I just, I had this thought the other day with, there's just so much darkness in the world. You know, we have all this stuff with abortion, with homosexuality, with, with all this perversion, all this changing of things from the way that they're supposed to be, from the way that the Word of God shows that is right, and in society and in, in the thinking and philosophy and the school systems today, it's all so perverted and changed from, from way, the way it's supposed to be. And it's, it's just utter darkness. It's, it's the God of this world trying to infiltrate the minds of, of not just the people of God, but everyone. He, he, his desire is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And he has, he has no mercy the enemy has, has no mercy on whether it's a young child or an elder. And what the Lord has just really been challenging me with recently is in renewing my mind. And I've, I've kind of had to ask myself this question of, okay, if I renew my mind today, then am I going to go and, 
and watch this this movie, you know, after I've had a renewed mind. And then I see these certain things, hear these certain things in this this, this movie or, or this song. And but I'm like, oh, but I have a renewed mind, you know, so so it doesn't matter if what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing is wrong. And and it's just a deception of of the enemy. It's and it's just it seems so simple, but but you look throughout scripture and it's kind of, you think about it, it's sort of common sense that what we see affects how we think, right? And it, it, the, the eye or the light of the body, sorry, the, yeah, the light of the body is the eye. The eye, there, I don't think it's scripture, but there's a saying that says the eye is the, the window or the gateway to your soul. It's if, if you let things into your eye, you're going to be letting things into your spirit, into your inner man, into your thoughts, into your heart. And when things begin to enter your thoughts, then they, then they do eventually enter your heart. And uh, I, I think it's been said across, across this pulpit before, but um, Brother Barnes, he, he used to teach these, uh, these five different things to pray. I think Brother Shelton, even probably when he was here, said this. But um, this man of God, he would teach these five things that we should pray for a miracle in every single day. And it was a miracle in our eyes miracle in our ears, in our mind, uh, in our heart, in our emotions. And I, I think I was talking with my dad one day, and he, he was saying, you know, he'd been praying those things, and the, uh, he just kind of had the thought of, like, you know, maybe Brother Barnes missed one. I, I wonder why he didn't say we should pray for, for our mouth. You know, why, why didn't he, why wouldn't we pray for a miracle of our mouth? And uh, as we were talking, he, he realized, he said, I think it was through Scripture, just in prayer, um, he, he said, you know what I realize is you don't have to pray for a miracle of your mouth because out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth's going to speak. And so, and again, it, we don't think of, you know, what we say being attached to what we see, but it's, it's amazing how what we see enters our thoughts. And if, if the last thing that you're looking at before you get in bed is your phone or is a show or some vile thing, it may not even be vile, so to speak, but if it's anything but the Word of God, if it's anything that's contrary to the Spirit of God, you close your eyes, you go to sleep, and it's going to be in your mind, it's stirring in your mind, and then you wake up in the morning, and it's going to be continually in your mind, and, and your spirit, your spirit man doesn't sleep. So as you're, as you're asleep, sometimes that your spirit can still be entertaining those thoughts and those things, and, and, and so the Lord has just really been challenging me with, with this, and... Um, there was something else I was going to say. I know what it was. There was a uh, there was a minister a f- few months ago. He, I don't think he was even talking about his eyes. He, I don't know what exactly he was talking about, but he gave this example. And this guy, he has four going on five kids, little young kids. I think his oldest child is 13. And uh, he said, he said with his kids, he, you know, he teaches them the things of the Lord. They, they, he teaches them to pray all these, all these things. But he said he goes even beyond that. And he, he said when he walks through the grocery store with his kids, he said he teaches them as they walk past, you know, the, the of course, there's different magazine aisles you don't want to look at. But he said he, as he walks them past the, the alcohol aisle or the liquor section, he says he's not going to put his hand necessarily in front of his kids' eyes and walk them past, but he said he teaches his kids, don't even look at that. We're not going to walk down that aisle, you know, but don't even look at it. 
Why, why put your eye on something that you know you're not going to partake in, that you know is wrong, that you know is evil? And, um, and it, when, I, when I first heard that, I was like, man, you know, that's, that's kind of extreme, isn't it? Like, what if you need something down that aisle, right? What if you just need, like, I don't know, a sparkling soda or something, like, whatever may be down with that aisle, and uh, of course, you know, you can make it if you, you can, you can make it like uh, you can make it legalistic and say, oh, look, that person looked at that. That's not what it's about by any means. But the more that we des- decide and, and say, look, I'm, I, I don't want to set my eye on on any evil thing or let my let my mind even go to that place. And Job in, in, his, in this chapter in Job, he's he's essentially he's making a he's making his argument to his friends and telling them, he's like, look, no, I've made a personal covenant with my eyes. And so because of this covenant I've made with my eyes, I know that my mind hasn't went to that place. So you can, you can tell me that I'm at fault here, that I've, you know, done these things, I've thought these things, but he said, no, I haven't even looked at, at those things, so I know it hasn't entered my thought. And um, there's another verse, a few verses down, and it says, it's verse 7, it says, if my footsteps have strayed from the way, if my heart has gone after my eyes, or if anything has defiled my hands. And another translation there is, it, it says, if my heart has been led by the way of what my eyes see. And so Job understood that if, if I let my eyes see things that are evil, it's going to enter my thoughts. And then when it enters my thoughts, my feet are going to be soon following the thoughts that I have. And, and, and so I just... Again, it, it, like I said, it may just be for me today and this, this process of what the Lord is just renovating in my mind, in my heart, my spirit. Um, but I believe that he wants to minister. I know he wants to bring deliverance to us today. And so if we would just yield to the process of saying, look, God, you, you're working on my mind. Work on my eyes as well, God. I want to make a covenant with my eyes. Amen. Why don't we just pray for one moment? Jesus, I thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, Jesus, for showing us the way that we should go, the way of righteousness, the paths of righteousness, O oh God. Come on, continue to pray. Talk to the Lord Jesus. God, we long for you. Jesus, we long for you. We want to be like you. We want to know your ways, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, let the Lord do this work right now. I am andaro yo katahasaye. I andaro lo satahaye alaramahai. We surrender to it, Lord Jesus. I andaramakatahaye alaralasi. In the name of Jesus, I want to read a passage to you, Mark chapter eight. The Lord had put this setting in my mind and in my spirit several weeks ago, and I 
Every now and then he'll remind me that it's there. And I want to read this to you. Mark chapter 8, verse 22. And he cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man unto him, and besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. We know that our walk with God is about being led by him. I don't doubt that there are many of us at times we would think I would be satisfied with that. Take away my sight and just hold my hand and get me through life. Because then I know that it's all going to be where you lead me. It says, when he spit on his eyes and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught or if he saw anything. And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. Now, my, my mind, every time I hear that, I think that the scripture doesn't say that this guy was blind from birth. I guess I assume that he may have been. And if that's the case, I wonder, no, how does he know what trees look like? <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. That's just me. That's insight into my mind as I read that passage. But he says, I see men as trees walking. So he's gone already in this progression from being taken to Jesus by individuals to being taken by the hand by Jesus and led out of the town. And then the next thing that happens in this passage is Jesus spits in his eyes and touches his eyes. And he says, what do you see? Can you see anything? And yes, I can see something. Now, I often also wonder how many people would be willing and satisfied with that to say, thank you. I'll be on my way now and I'll try not to run into these walking trees because you touched me. But that's not the end of his progression either. When he says that, I, I just, I remember taking Callum to the eye doctor a year or so ago. And uh, many of you wear eyeglasses. Some of you probably have strong prescriptions. And they put him in front of this machine and they, they flip the little lens. You probably know what I'm talking about. And he'll say, which is better, one or two? One or two? One. And and so I, I, as the father sitting in that room, I'm just thinking, boy, be honest. <laughs> and can you read these letters? Boy, you better know your alphabet. You better try right now <laughs> because what's going on is for your good. 
and it's flipping back and forth in one or two. And so with our, with our vision and what we're seeing here, the things that we're talking about today with our eyes, it's important that we be honest with ourselves and with the Lord. When the Lord comes and says, what, what do you see? Do you see anything? We have to be honest. Well, this is what I see. This is the condition that I am in. I see things, but I don't see them clearly. Verse 25. After that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up. And he was restored and he saw every man clearly. As I think about this passage, this is not this does not follow the typical order and progression of, of healings and miracles that the Lord did in Scripture. Most of the time when the Lord touched someone, they were immediately restored, healed, made whole. And, and then we find this peculiar passage. And I was thinking, well, maybe it was for, for the disciples. Maybe it was for the others. But it says he led him out of town. So this is, a, this is a one-on-one interaction between Jesus and this man. So I question, Lord, why did you do that? Why didn't you just give him 2020 or whatever they say is better than 2020 vision right away? You can do that. But as I think on this, and, and especially what we're talking about today, the Lord first gave him enough ability to see. But the scripture does not say at that point he was restored. See, we've got to be honest with ourselves. If, if I know that the Lord has spoken to me and, and touched me, maybe I've had people pray for me before and I felt a touch of the Lord and, 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 and I'm thankful for that. But inside me, I feel like that was great and I'm thankful for that. But I don't know that that was really all that the Lord has for me. In that honest approach, we can get what he has for us. It's not in our human nature to want help, to seek for help. And I got to say it this way. It's not in our human nature always to be honest. You, you've heard this said. How many times when somebody says, how are you doing? Do you say, good, fine. I'm good. Everything's great. <laughs> Usually, if we are being honest, that answer is to get that person out of the way. 
Boy, is that a little too honest for you? I hope not. <laughs> it's because, do you want to know how things are going? Or do you, are you just trying to be polite? Because I can tell you how things are going if you really want to know. See, the Lord brought this man out of town, out away from his surroundings, away from the people that have even led him up to that point, got him alone. And in this place of being alone, the Lord could deal specifically with him and his condition and everything involved with his condition. And then he could say, let me, this is how much I have for you. I, I have the ability to give you half sight, blurred vision, enough that you can see objects and, and, and navigate a difficult path, or I can bring complete restoration. I can bring total healing. So that you can see things clearly. Right now, let's bow our heads. I believe the Lord is here. He's speaking right now. God, take me to a place of being honest with you. Being open with you. Come on, why don't you stand? Whatever you need to do. He's here right now. Let's respond to the Lord. Respond to his calling right now. This front is open if you want to get alone and pray. I believe the Lord is here to move and minister right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I want to be honest with you about my condition, Lord, about my stance, about my vision. God, you already know. You know everything, Lord Jesus. But you're seeking this humility from us. You're seeking this honesty from us, Lord Jesus. God, I put my life in your hands right now. Jesus, I put my life in your hands. He and Amando lo sacatahaye. He and Sataye. God, I want to see things clearly as they really are, Jesus. God, I don't want the effects of this world to blur my vision. God, I don't want the effects of my own thoughts to blur my vision. God, what I'm desiring right now is truth. What I'm desiring right now is restoration, Lord. He la satahaye. He aramasotoye. I encourage you, get alone where you can talk with the Lord right now. What he wants to hear is your voice. He's asking us this question. Can you see? What do you see? And what do you want to see? Oh, in Jesus' name, 
in Jesus' name. I open myself up to you right now, Jesus. I receive all that you have for me, Lord. I receive all that you have for me, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Take me to that place of honesty, Lord. Oh, in Jesus' name. God, I'm thankful for what you've done for me up to this point. God, I'm thankful for the ways that you have led me by your Spirit up to this point. Jesus, but your word shows us it's a progression. It's a spiritual progression, Lord God, of the work that you will do in the name of Jesus. 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 Let the Lord talk to you. Let him talk to you right now. The covenants that we need to make. The call to consecration that you're hearing with your spirit. Jesus, I receive it. Help me to walk in it, Lord. Help me to walk in it, Lord. Come on, why don't you let the Lord lead you to someone to pray for right now. He's still here ministering to many people. Jesus, we open up to that right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Keep it. 
Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. We make a miracle worker, promise keeper. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. Never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. We make a miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you Light in the darkness, my God, that 
touching every heart. I worship you. I worship you. You are here, rearranging destinies. I worship you. I worship you. We call you waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That
working miracles I worship you I worship you You are here touching every somewhere individually and collectively he's seeking to take us somewhere and yielding is really critical yielding is really critical I, um, Elder Flowers talked about honesty. 
if I'm honest, and if you're honest, I can usually tell when I'm resisting. Anybody know, able to tell when you're resisting? You know what I'm talking about? You, maybe you, you feel God or His Word, and you're like, uh, maybe if... if uh, oftentimes, resist, let me tell you what resistance looks like sometimes, oftentimes. Resistance is often in ourselves, this back and forth in our mind. Well, if, I, I, you know, maybe not. Yielding is critical to what he's doing. Vulnerability. We have to know this. When I'm yielded and vulnerable to God, and I open my, to see if I'm, if I'm yielded and vulnerable to some individuals, they'll take advantage of that. We've all dealt with that somewhere on the journey. The Lord is not some individual. He is God. When I yield myself and I open my spirit and I make myself vulnerable and honest before him, he doesn't take advantage of me. He doesn't humiliate me. That's not his method what he does when I'm open and honest with him is the love of God draws me to himself. And he begins to heal and work in my life. But because he is gracious, he does not force himself into an area of my life that I do not welcome him into. This is why vulnerability is so important in our relationship with God. Because he'll not force himself into areas of our life that I purpose. You know what? I'm just going to sit here and I'll smile and I'll nod my head and I'll agree. And I'll, but I'm not opening myself up to allow God to work in that place in my life. I want him to do a full and complete work. Amen. I believe you do too. And so this is important today. It's him leading us. And so I have to purpose as he deals with my heart, my life in an area, I'm responding. I'm responding. Well, but no, no, no question. I'm just responding, Lord. I trust you. I'm responding in faith to your word. I'm responding in obedience to your instruction. The prompting of the Spirit of the Lord that I felt as he's dealt with me throughout that I'm responding. Would you reach with me one more time to him? I thank you today for your word and the work of your spirit. You are God alone, and I magnify you today. I magnify you. I thank you for the work of the spirit and word of God here this morning. I thank you for the individuals that you have healed here today, Lord. I thank you for the minds today that you have healed and the transforming that is taking place and the renovation that is taking place. I thank you for the quickening of your word and spirit that has brought to the forefront things in our life that you can heal and minister and work. We yield to you. We release them to you. We invite you, Father, a full work in every area of our heart and our lives and our spirit and our mind, our soul, every part of our being, Father. 
wholly and completely yielded to you by your grace enabling us to do so. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father. We thank you and we worship you today. In Jesus' name. I was talking in the prayer room with Brother Martin briefly. He was talking to me about an opportunity that may be presenting itself and uh, talking a little bit about what God has done in his life. I made this statement. I said, you know, the difference is God has given you complete deliverance. Complete deliverance. In our humanity, sometimes, oftentimes... The flowers talked about it from Scripture, the man seeing trees and then going further. In our humanity, oftentimes, we're not looking for complete transformation. We just want a little relief. Just want a little peace. Lord, just just let me feel your touch. And I, I appreciate that. I'll, you know, maybe I can weep a little bit, and that feels refreshing to me. And nothing wrong with that. That's good. And I, and I'll walk away having had some relief, feeling the touch of God, the peace, but never letting Him fully work in us the way He's wanting to. And then sometimes this question comes, God, why, how come I'm not, I hear and I see about this and this, my brother or that sister. I see, why am I not seeing, feeling, hearing? Why is that not happening with me? What's holding? And the Lord is beckoning today. We've heard words like consecration, transformation, restoration, these things, that he, renovation, these things. That, there's a thread through all of that. The Lord's trying to make us in his image. Paul talked of travailing in birth until Christ was formed in us. I've got to be willing to stay submitted to the process. That says, Lord, I don't just want to touch. I don't just want to feel better after service. And he does those things. I thank God for that. But God, I want the full and complete work of your spirit in my life. Completely. Everything you want to do with me, everything you want to do in me, everything you want to do through me, I want all of it, Lord. And I'm not going to quit until you've had your full and complete way with me. I'm going to keep coming back to the altar. I don't mean like coming up here and crying again. I mean daily laying my life on the altar of sacrifice and saying, God, what do you got to do in me? I want you to do it with me. I'm standing here in front of you today. I have not arrived yet. I still have to get on the altar every day and say, God, you got to do more in me. I see humanity that still lives and gets in the way and ego and self and all those things that are not of you, God. So I'm coming to the altar again. I want, I'm purposing by the grace of God. I'm getting there. every. And so you and I, God is drawing us. That's what consecration is. It's a full commitment of myself to him. To where I no longer live and only he does.
And I'm given to the will of God every day that I live. You say, man, if that's the case, I'm not working anymore. No, 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 no. I believe we're talking to a room full of people that feel that way today. Would you stand with me again before we go today? This waiting and here at this end of the service, that's what we're doing. We're waiting on His Spirit. His Spirit is working in our hearts and our lives. We have to allow Him to do that. In Jesus' name. Father, by your grace, we yield ourselves today. We cannot produce what you desire to do in us. You know the frustration that comes when we try to. You know our desire, Lord. All things are naked and open before you with whom we have to do. So today we reach to you. We stretch ourselves before you. We thank you for the working of your spirit in our lives. I thank you for what you're doing in each one of us individually and collectively. And Lord, we purpose, we purpose by your grace to allow you to have a full and complete work in our lives. We purpose by your grace and your leading and the operating of your spirit all that you want, all that you desire, all that you will with us, in us, through us, for your glory, for your glory, for your glory, Father, for your glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. We thank you today. We thank you today. Praise God. The Lord bless you richly and abundantly, I pray. In Jesus' name. Are you thankful you came to the house of the Lord this morning? Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Go with God. I believe there's a, uh, before I forget, there is a fundraiser downstairs. They have made, they have grilled corn and they've got queso and tahine and all that stuff you can put on your corn so that it just sort of dribble down the side of your chin. And it's just really, really good. So please, please, please go down there. Uh, I think they have a suggested donation of $3 per ear of corn. If you can do that, great. If you can't, go down there anyway and enjoy the fellowship and uh, be a blessing. This is to help our young people go to youth camp. Amen. God bless you.